You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to you. You can feel the excitement in the room for what's about to happen. Let me just jump in by just sharing a few thoughts of what we're going to do, though. Do you, do you often think about the fact that there are significant moments in life? You'll, you'll all have them, days. You remember dates, times, places, and people, the association of smells, the associations of taste, some of them incredibly positive, some of them uh, less so, some of them actually deeply painful. But I, I would say I've got loads, loads of those memories. I've got memories of my first mobile phone that was, some of you, this is wasted on you, but it was like as big as a rucksack with a little pull-out aerial. Um, my record of an achievement, again, that's wasted on some of you, but that was a significant moment in life for many of you. Teachers who made a lasting impression on me, the taste of a medium steak that I had in Spain in 2004, my first and my only moped, the guy that I bought it off the day that I fell off it, my first car, £130 for a three-door red Fiesta holiday. Honestly, it was a thing of beauty till the day it broke down. We all, though, have these memories and these significant moments and these understanding of key decisions in our lives. For some of you, one of those moments and one of those potential decisions is today. And I don't just mean those of you that are getting baptised, because you will have found among yourselves loads of people right now where you're meeting in a school hall that call themselves church, many of whom were hopefully fairly friendly when you came in. You may, though, have felt a bit odd because actually you've never met them before, and that is not normal, just to be friendly to somebody that you've never met before. And if, like me, you will have done the assessment that I did many, many years ago, you'll have come in and you'll have noticed that when everyone stood up and stood facing the front and started singing, they were songs that you're not always familiar with. A number of people would have their eyes closed, some would have their hands in the air, and some of them were crying. And you may again be tempted to think that was all a little bit odd. I need to tell you that is not the end of your odd experiences today because in a moment we're going to facilitate a few people voluntarily going into the birthing pool that you'll have passed on the way in, which is hopefully now filled with semi-warm water. And we're going to, with their full permission, dunk them under the water and then bring them back up again, which is the important bit. And we call that baptism. Then we're going to pray for them. A load of us will clap and cheer. We'll sing another song and then pray again and then we'll go go home and apart from the baptism bit, come back and do the whole thing again next week. And I can see therefore why some of you who are new in this room may have a couple of questions as to why we may do that. And you may, if we don't explain it, find it all a little bit odd. But there are these significant moments in life and you happen to be joining one of those moments. For a number of people who in a minute will share just a snapshot of their story of why they're going to get baptised. 22 years ago in 60 days, which is 8,095 days, I had one of those moments myself where I powerfully encountered the Holy Spirit. I encountered the living God through the power of his presence in a way that I'd previously never known, and it changed my life from that point on. 
when that happens, often two things happen. Firstly, God to us becomes known as our saviour. And secondly, he starts to become known as our Lord. Let me just explain the two of those things. The first thing we do is accept Jesus as our saviour. Often we can bumble along in life, often with our day-to-day routines, and then suddenly and somehow something catches our attention and we realise, hang on a minute, maybe there is more to life than what we see. Maybe there's a bigger picture, maybe there's a God, and not only that, he wants to know us and he wants to have relationship with us. Well, the guys getting baptised today have come to a point in their lives where they've had that realisation, and as a result of that realisation, it's changed their lives and it's changed the whole trajectory and direction of their lives. And it started a journey for them that is changing continually everything about them. And when we come to that hang on moment, that's what these guys have done and they're in the process of living that out. They're saying, hang on, my way of doing things doesn't work. I want to surrender to your way of doing things, Jesus. I need you and I want a relationship with you. And a similar thing we see happened in the Bible at a time called Pentecost. And Pentecost was basically a moment where these guys were gathered in Jerusalem And one of the questions they were asking is, what am I supposed to do now? What now that I've asked that hang on a minute question? I think Peter gives a very clear answer. It says this in the Bible in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. It said, Peter's words pierced their hearts. Basically, he's telling them about Jesus. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do now? It's a great question. So many of us will have asked that and do ask that in our lives. What should we do now? Now what? Peter replied, verse 38, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Really simply said two things. Turn your life around and follow God and then get drenched in some water and somehow over the passage of time and with many generations something that is actually really quite straightforward has often got a little bit more complicated but according to Peter on the day of Pentecost according to Jesus to the apostles to Paul the right response to the gospel the right response to the good news of Jesus was repentance and baptism and repentance really just means turning around it's a literal u-turn in our lives it involves not just a change of direction but also a change of mind it means heading towards Jesus rather than away from him it means agreeing that in every area of our lives our time management our finances our conversations literally everything we could name it all Jesus is in charge and we are not. Jesus is the ruler, and we are not. Jesus is the Lord, and we are not. And repentance is ultimately something that takes place in our hearts and minds, but it always results in transformed behavior. See, the other part of Peter's response at that time was to talk about physical baptism in water. The way it was seen, and sometimes we miss it today, is that actually one often follows the other. You repent and then you get baptized. You give your life to Jesus and then you get baptized. One follows the other. And here in the vineyard, we we long to be a church that continually and consistently creates environments where community and this community can easily connect with Jesus. 
And for us, actually, religion and stuff like that just complicates what is very, very simple. God loves us and longs to have a relationship with us. But there's some things, there's some rituals that we want to stand with, the continuity of the church for thousands of years, like sharing in the Lord's Supper, but also this thing called baptism. And baptism is really just a public declaration. It's an acknowledgement that we're surrendering control to Jesus. And I guess for those of you that are new in the room, I just want to say this about baptism, that baptism is really about this that Jesus lived and Jesus died and he was buried and he rose from the dead and that in itself is represented in the act of baptism which is why we when we baptize someone we're basically saying that Jesus died for them Jesus was buried for them Jesus rose for them and they love him and he loves them and that's why even in the act of baptism we're showing symbolically Jesus' death and resurrection. Baptism demonstrates that the old way of life can die. That's repentance. It's the complete U-turn that we make in our lives, that we're freed from our slavery to sin. It's not that suddenly we're about to become perfect people, or when we get baptized, we become perfect people. Far from it. We're saying that we acknowledge and we know our need of Jesus and we want to publicly declare it. It's a similar thing in that it's an outward sign of an inward change and a similar thing happens when people get married. They give and receive a ring as a sign of their marriage. In a similar way, baptism is a sign. It's a public confession of what somebody believes. And in a short while, we're going to baptize some people. They're going to go backwards into the water, (coughs) symbolically saying, I leave behind all of my stuff, all of my thinking that I'm right, my way of living, and of what the Bible calls sin, and which is really just self-centered living. And then I come up. I come up washed, I come up in new life, I come up because of the price that Jesus paid for me on the cross. How symbolic that actually we should do that in a birthing pool to show and demonstrate something of new life. It says this in the Bible in Romans 6, verse 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we're set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. I just want to take that moment on reflection even of that passage, just to remind us of the significance of Jesus. He's our Lord and he's our Savior. Who he is isn't just a game changer, it's a life changer. He didn't just bring a message, he was the message and he still is the message. Who Jesus is changes everything for us when we put our trust in him, when we choose to follow him, our lives are changed. Who we are, how we live, starts to become aligned with him. There's this bit in the Bible that says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. When we decide to follow Jesus, we're brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives new life and they're not the same anymore. We're not just reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated, we're recreated. We're new creations. It's not just turning over a new leaf, it's the beginning of a new life. 
But just for a moment, imagine that the God who created us and who loves us finds us becoming distant from him because we choose our own ways and desires and rather than living his best for our lives. And as we start to become distant from him, so what does he do? Well, he buys us back. He sends Jesus, his son, as a ransom, and he saves us, and he creates a new way for us to know him and have relationship with him if we choose. We were his in the first place. He created us. But now if we choose, we're doubly his. Think, therefore, of the pride that he has, that he lavishes this love on us and this restored relationship that he has. Well, today the guys that are going to get baptized have come to a moment in their lives that they acknowledge Jesus as their saviour, but also as their Lord. And we celebrate that. We celebrate those moments. Many of you will have questions about that as you go away from today. I want to say there's a little booklet called Why Jesus, this little red thing you can take free of charge. It's in a nutshell, just explains who he is and why it is that we follow him. And it's in multiple different languages. Also, with many people in this room would love to chat with you about that. There's also this thing called Alpha that's starting on Tuesday night. There's a small group of people asking questions together who will have a meal together in a front room and talk through some of those questions. Thomas and Hettel, Thomas just shared the notices a moment ago. He's one of the people who oversee that. They would love to chat with you about it. You'll also find a flyer on your seat, every other seat, I think that will tell you a bit more about it. And also on the 23rd of October, there's, um, there's on this Sunday morning when we come together like this, we're calling it Tri-Church. We realise there are many people in this room, but also many people in the city who would love to know more. And we want to actively invite people into that because all of us have significant moments in our lives. For a number of you hearing this and what you now do about that is one of those significant moments. But to help us understand the journey that people have been on and come to this point of sharing, in a moment I'm going to invite them, they're going to share a little bit of their story. I want to say this though, some of these guys are literally at the start of their journey. This is a fresh decision for some of them. And sharing in a room like this can be a little bit daunting and a little bit overwhelming and incredibly nerve-wracking for some of them. So would you give them a warm welcome as they come up? And the first one who's going to share is Eliza. That's a big warm welcome. Hi, <laughs> hi, um, Eliza, I'm part of the youth here. I moved up with my family from Reading about a year ago to join MV. I've been a Christian for my whole life and I was born into a Christian and church family. So having friends and family who love Jesus has really helped in my faith. Like my best friend, Caitlin, who is here today. <laughs> hi. <laughs> I decided I wanted to get baptised at the church weekend away. It was after Paul and Steph prayed for the kids and the youth to come up to be prayed for. I was prayed for by several lovely people and I really felt God's peace. It was then I knew I wanted to get baptised. Now I'm trying to spend more time with Jesus and reading my Bible. I'm really, really thankful for my MV church family. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Um, Joseph, can't see you where you, there you are. Got you.
this is a fair bit longer, so I'll try not to bore you, but I'll just I'll go through it here. Um, when I was a child, I attended my local Church of England, although I don't remember being very religious despite being an important member of the choir, not that I can sing. I, 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 I do remember meeting some of the kindest people from my youth. After we moved towns at 16, this influence waned and I didn't attend church for another 20 years, although I did dip into an hour course once. Although I didn't attend church for most of my life, I always had a fear of God and equated my perception of whether something is right or wrong with God's opinion. For example, if I was doing something I felt was a good thing, I felt that God thinks it's a good thing too and vice versa. But this belief, a form of faith, was for many years subconscious because I didn't want to face God during that time because I didn't have the courage. Consciously, I would insist that I simply knew nothing. But when push came to shove and it was time to face the music and I couldn't avoid it, I would instinctively turn to God and ask for help. So really, my faith was always there. A couple of years ago, I met happiness and my life changed for the better. On our second day, I was wearing a jacket with a pocket containing two stones from the Sea of Galilee. I picked up whilst on holiday there, which I think impressed her very much. <laughs> Even though she knew I had no strong faith. She, she took me to church and through her kind influence, I find myself here. Um, through, com through conversations I've had at church and through the sermons, I've realised that my thinking about God is underdeveloped. So for me, this journey is about having the courage to focus on God's will, to get close to God via the teachings of Jesus and the Bible. After attending church on several occasions, I could see how faith in Jesus improved people's lives. From my perspective, it seemed a relationship with God through Jesus was a bedrock providing a great strength, and I wanted that for myself. A few, a few months ago, I found myself laying in a hospital bed after breaking my femur. The doctor told me it would be a life-changing injury due to the brake pattern and I'd need an artificial hip. I turned to God and said, can you please sort this out? <laughs> Considering this was a serious issue, I thought I needed more than private prayer, so I made a promise to get baptised if he helped the surgeons piece the bone together, thus avoiding the fake hip. And he did. The surgeon had the look of a man who got a hole in one when he told me it just sort of held. <laughs> so it's all right now. Okay, there you Manchester, Manchester Vineyard has helped me to be part of a church community inhabited by people that want to express their belief in a wonderful way. Small groups have been really great and another way the church cements community and faith. People have been patient with me as my knowledge develops. In the past at Church of England, I was helped as a child by wonderful older people that gave me brilliant advice that I still utilise to this day. Becoming a Christian will hopefully prolong periods of time where I feel calm and positive. Committing my life to Jesus is an ongoing process and one that I am just beginning. With Jesus' support, I will continue my journey towards living a life close to God's will. Thanks. And Maple, there you are. Got you. Morning. Um, I'm Maple. I was born in Hong Kong. Um, I was brought up in Buddhism and ancestor worship. And when I was 15, a friend took me to church and I gave my life to Christ. And not long after that, a couple of months after, mom and I immigrated to the UK. And due to circumstances, I ended up not living with her. And a few years later, she caught an illness and she passed away. I fell away from God and searched for romantic love and music became my identity. As life went on, what was broken became more broken. And the turning point came after watching the film, The Passion of Christ. I was confronted by love. And to cut a long story short, I came back to the Lord, I met King, we got married and the Lord blessed us with two beautiful children. And we joined Manchester Vineyard six years ago 
And for several years, I felt the Lord had asked me to surrender my passion and dreams. At Course to Live for last year, the speaker Adam Russell talked about the slow and the quick work of God. I knew the slow work well. The day-to-day -day discipline, making good decisions and being faithful for what God puts in front of me. And during ministry time, almost in a passing comment, Adam referred back to the parable of the yeast in the dough. He said, the yeast, that's the kingdom, in the dough cannot be taken back out once it's in. At that moment, I understood what God has put inside of me isn't for me, it's for his kingdom. And in my heart, I just said, take it then. Do what you want with it. And as a friend prayed for me, for the first time, I experienced the quick work of God. I felt the power of the Spirit through my body. And this type of quick work continues to the present day. I've come to understand that sometimes it's empowerment, sometimes it's physical or emotional healing, and other times deliverance. The Holy Spirit would highlight to me or the person praying for me the strongholds in my life, some generational, but also moments of pain and brokenness. I just want to thank you for all of you who came and stood in the gap during those vulnerable times. And during one of those times, Paul and King lowered me down and came back again as a symbolism of new life. And I was coming up, I knew I needed to have a submersion baptism, which led to why I'm here today. Jesus meant it when he said he came to give life to the full. He's not only holy and powerful, he fights for me, he fights for you. He's relentless in his pursuit of us. And he has been all my life. And my response to this fierce, faithful, always present and unfailing love is this. Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Praise be to God. Amen. There he is. A man who needs no introduction. Come on, Orville. Come and join us. Hello. That nearly made me cry, that. Thank you. Well, the reason why I want to be baptized, I've been baptized already, you know, but in the Mormon church, and I didn't feel right. I said a prayer to God, and I asked him to prove, you know, give me confirmation, I want to be baptized. So when I came to church two weeks ago, Naomi mentioned the baptism today, so I put my name down, yeah, because of what I prayed and what God said to me. Naomi, I even text you, you know, the... <laughs> John 15 about the great vineyard as well. Yeah, so that's two proof to me that God is here. Okay? So I'm going to read my thing to you now. <laughs> Oops, I put the wrong one down. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. My life before Christ. I was lost. You know, lost soul wondering what life was all about. Is this it? getting drunk to sleep and smoking and to wash my loneliness, you know, away. So 
drink a lot, but you know, didn't have no direction, confused of who I was, right? How I realized I needed Jesus, but I never thought I needed Jesus, right? I always thought about God. Never thought of God. I've never thought about God if he existed, etc. I never realized you had to go through Jesus to the Lord, but now I know we need him. He is our way to Yahweh. <laughs> All right. Right. How I commit my life to Jesus. So I've done it again. Me and these things don't go. <laughs> Right, now I'm on three. I committed my life to Jesus by coming to church, listening and reading the gospel, listening to friends and other churchgoers, and I'm committed to not sinning in God's eyes. Right? And how did Manchester Vine um, and other churches help me to come? Well, as I said, I've been to Jehovah's, I've been to Mormon, right, and I've been to other churches, but the welcome and the friendliness have never been more than this. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Belong, I feel belonged here, you know what I mean? This is like my roots now. Yeah. I like you and like the people. Right? We've been on trips together, we've done loads of stuff. Right, so that's why when I get baptized here. Yeah? And the way you, you know, the casual dress and no suit and all this. And being stuck up, you know, we're all casually, yeah? all friends. I like that, yeah? So that's why I like coming to this church. <laughs> Right, what does it mean to me to now, you know, to know God? It means a lot. I'm 65 and I found God. Come give me that. I found God and I know why. And how I was saved so many times. I've been shot, stabbed, baseball batted, iron barred, and nearly drowned and got run over loads of times. Yeah? Um, where am I? It's too little. Should have worn my glasses. Yeah, and I'm still standing. Yeah. yeah. All right. My my I've got a brother called Peter, right? When I was in Jamaica, he was bigger than me. <laughs> and I was premature, right? So my mother left me with my grandparents and I was three and he was four. I came to England when I was seven and eight on his birthday. He he felt sick, so I ate his ice cream. Right. <laughs> You know, because he, you know, we've never been on a plane before or nothing. 
So he used to protect me in Jamaica, right? And he was younger than me, but taller. So until we come to England, and my dad says, no, Orville, you're the oldest one I didn't know. Because we're like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. Anyway, why, I, um, yeah, I got posted in Ireland as a kid. I mean, as a soldier. And um, I went to Northern Ireland twice, and I was shot by one of my fellow um, soldiers. And a friend of mine, who I saved from a beating of six other soldiers, he said, he said he heard the shot at the very time he was praying for me because I, you know, saved him from being bullied. I mm. beat the guys up for him. You know, they hated me after that. You know, anyway, another time in, in um, Germany, I've, I went to disco in, right? And this is why I know God's with me. I drove a car 60 miles, <laughs> sleeping. I went disco in. <laughs> I had a Rover 3.5 V8, yeah? And I was 18 years old. And I was coming back from the disco, had my friends in the car, and I fell asleep with them. Because when I closed my eyes, it was dark. And when I opened my eyes, it was daylight, right? So that proved to me I was asleep. And there's only one person that could make me be here right now is God. All right? Thank you. What a guy. Um, B, why don't you come and join me? Hi, everyone. <laughs> I was raised in a Christian family, and for as long as I can remember, I have believed that God exists, and I have identified as Christian. Although I believe that he exists, I resisted surrendering my life to him. Although I attended church services, prayed, read my Bible, I mostly lived life how I wanted to live it and disregarded the instructions he had given in the Bible. I never said it out loud, but I believe there was a part of me that thought God was a killjoy. It seemed like his response to majority of the things that I felt like doing was either not yet or no. Then in 2016, I got into a relationship with a guy of a different faith. We would have many discussions and sometimes debates about our beliefs. And I was left feeling uneasy every single time. Firstly, I struggled to provide a response to any of the questions he had about what is written in the Bible. I realized that I actually did not understand or love what was written. I also had not sought to understand, nor did I seek to understand the one who had written it using the hands of men. Finally, I realized that every Christian thing I had done attending church services, praying, and reading my Bible was because this was how my parents had lived their lives, and they had taught me to do the same. 
So I began a journey to figure things out. This involved spending more time in the Word, listening to teaching after teaching online on different topics, especially those that I had particularly wrestled with God on. And throughout the process, I was speaking to God and I was asking him questions. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, um, the ESV version says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All I can say is that I sought him with all my heart and I found him. Finding him equaled finding true love, true peace, and I also found that the not yet and the no's was not him being a killjoy, but it was him trying to protect me. New Year's Day 2020, I walked away from that relationship because that was one of the no's from God that I had willfully ignored. And I told him that I was done and that he was now in charge. I had drifted away from attending church in person during that relationship, and I began to feel a need to find a local church. God had also flagged up to me that I needed more people in my life who love him. Long story short, he led me to Manchester Vineyard. My hunger for him has done nothing but grow here, to the point where I felt a strong need to let the world know that he is number one. Thank you. And last but no means least, Ruth, why don't you join me? Hello, everyone. I just want to thank you oh. for this opportunity. Even though I'm not a regular member in here, thank you for accommodating me. God bless you. My pleasure. My story. Yeah, my name is Ruth, B's mom, and then a few others. <laughs> I was raised in a Christian family. There I was never a point where I believe God did not exist. During my childhood, my father would make my siblings and I at 5 a.m. for Bible studies. Then we would be off to school at 7 a.m. I must admit, I was never a fan of the early start of the day. <laughs> I was also part of the choir at church. I really enjoyed singing and still do. I recall times where I would walk into the church and run out shortly after as I immediately became overwhelmed by the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord was so tangible and I gripped and I was gripped by relevant uh, reverential fear. I frequently had dreams and shared this with my father. Shortly after, the dream would come true. I did not understand what was going on, and I did not understand all the feelings I was having at the time. I regret not reaching out to the pastor of the church I was attending at the time for guidance. During the years following into adulthood, the cares of this life took over. I continued to attend church services, read my Bible, and pray, but it was all done as an obligation. I, need, I know I needed God, and looking back, 
I recall feeling that there should have been more to my relationship with him, but I never pursued it. Then, in October 2017, my dear husband was kidnapped back in my home country. His body was never found till date. And that I was the last, and that was the last time I saw him. The days following this, I felt like I was losing my mind. The one day I felt so strongly within me, the need to run to a church, any church, and I did. It saved my life. Mm. The days, the days, months, and years after what happened, I sought after God like never before. There was many days. where I thought I would not be able to go on. But it sustained me. His peace, which surpasses all understanding, kept me. I have come to know him like I've never did before. And I'm here to declare that I'm his and he's alone. Thank you all. Thank you. Incredibly powerful, isn't it, to hear the real stories of lives changed. In a moment, what we're going to do is make our way through. Um, we'll, we'll baptize those guys. We're just going to give a moment. The, the kids are going to come out. Some of them are going to want to see this. Once they've been baptized, they'll quickly get changed. We'll come back in here, sing a song, and then those guys are going to line up at the front. If you know them, if you're in a small group with them, if you've been on a journey with them, even if you haven't, come and pray for them. We'll have a large group of people around each of them as we pray and, and we finish. But why don't we just sort of slowly-ish, because I've got to get changed and the kids have got to get out, but let's, let's make our way through. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. <laughs>